Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Our next topic is a serious one, Abby. It's about a letter from computer scientists, election security experts, and voter advocacy organizations. They're raising the alarm about attempts to access voting system software in several states. The primary concern here is the potential impact on the upcoming 2024 presidential election. Yes, Michael. The breaches in question affected voting equipment made by two companies that collectively count over 70% of the votes cast across the country. That's a significant portion of the national vote. The letter, organized by the advocacy group Free Speech for People, calls for a federal investigation and risk assessment of voting machines used throughout the country. Their claim is that these breaches have grave implications for future elections. And it's not just a theoretical threat. Authorities in Colorado, Georgia, and Michigan have already charged people in connection with breaches at local election offices. However, there's been no public indication of a federal probe yet. That's right, Abby. The letter also outlines what is publicly known about the efforts to access these voting systems, which began in the weeks following the 2020 presidential election. The letter cites a meeting in the Oval Office where allies of former President Trump, including lawyers Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, expressed a desire to access voting machines in presidential swing states Trump lost. Exactly. The letter also mentions subsequent efforts to secure that access. Powell, Giuliani, and Trump were among 19 people charged this summer in Fulton County, Georgia, where state prosecutors alleged they were part of a conspiracy to overturn Trump's loss in the state. Let's not forget that the letter to federal officials also highlights potential connections between Powell and three people charged in a similar effort in Michigan. It's a complex web of events and allegations. Indeed. The letter also mentions voting system breaches or attempts to access voting-related systems in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Nevada, and Colorado. The concern here is that possession of voting system software could enable people with ill intent to practice how to meddle in the 2024 election, allowing them to identify vulnerabilities and test potential attacks. And even worse, they could use their knowledge of the software to fabricate evidence of stolen votes, either for disinformation or to challenge election results. It's a serious concern and- Absolutely, Michael. And it's not just a domestic issue. This has national security implications. The integrity of our democracy is at stake. We must protect the security of our vote. Undoubtedly, Abby, it's a situation that requires urgent attention and action. We'll have to see what the response is from federal agencies. This is a story we'll continue to follow closely. Indeed, Michael. The 2024 election may seem far off, but these issues need to be addressed now to ensure the integrity of our voting systems. It's crucial for our democracy. From the security of our voting systems, let's now turn our attention to another issue that's been stirring up controversy. This time it's in the Senate, and it's about a topic that's been making headlines worldwide. It involves the Biden administration's aid request for Israel in its conflict with Hamas, and a prominent senator's vocal opposition to it unless certain conditions are met. This is a story that's not only about international relations, but also about the moral and ethical questions that come with it. Let's pivot to a topic that's been making waves in the Senate, Abby. 
Senator Bernie Sanders has been vocal about his opposition to the Biden administration's aid request for Israel in its conflict with Hamas, unless certain conditions are met. Indeed, Michael. Sanders has been clear that he will oppose any aid for Israel if these conditions are not put in place. He's expressed his concerns about the immoral war being waged by the Israeli government and has urged the United States to not be complicit. He's been quite vocal about this, and it's a stance that's not without controversy. He's even gone as far as saying that the military strategy of the Netanyahu government is not against Hamas, but against the Palestinian people. And the statistics he's citing are indeed troubling. More than 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza since the war began, many of them women and children. Over 41,000 have been injured. Sanders, who himself is Jewish, has made it clear that he will oppose a test vote expected to take place on a $110 billion national security supplemental spending bill that includes $14 billion in military aid for Israel. He's the first member of the Senate Democratic Caucus to come out against the measure, which also includes $60 billion in funding for Ukraine. Now this is where... Hold on, Michael. It's worth noting that while Sanders is the first to call for conditions on aid to Israel, he's not alone in this sentiment. The number is growing within the caucus. However, no other lawmaker has said they would oppose a broad funding package that also includes money for Ukraine. That's a crucial point, Abby, and there's another layer to this. Sanders is not backing calls for a ceasefire, which has upset many progressives. He does support $4 billion in aid to replenish Israel's Iron Dome defense system, but he's opposed to what he calls a $10.1 billion blank check for its military operations. And he's been quite vocal about the need for conditions in the legislation for the use of the money. He's calling for guarantees that displaced Palestinians will have the absolute right to return to Gaza. A commitment there will be no long-term occupation or blockade of Gaza and a freeze on settlement expansions in the West Bank. Sanders has even warned that Democrats and the president will be hurt politically if it's not clear that the United States does not support Netanyahu's handling of the war. It's a bold stance and it's one that's sure to generate plenty of debate in the coming days. Absolutely, Michael. And it's a conversation that is necessary given the gravity of the situation. The American people, as Sanders puts it, do not want to continue turning on the TV and see little babies, dead babies, pulled out of the rubble of some destroyed apartment building. It's a grim reality and one that the Senate will need to address. From one contentious issue to another, Let's now turn our attention to a topic that's sparking debate not only in the corridors of power, but also among public health officials and communities across the nation. We're talking about the Biden administration's delay on the ban of menthol cigarettes. This is a complex issue with a myriad of factors at play, including health implications, racial equity concerns, and potential political ramifications. Let's shift gears to the Biden administration's delay on the ban of menthol cigarettes. It's a contentious issue, isn't it, Abby? Indeed, Michael. The ban was originally planned to be finalized in August 2023, but it's been pushed back. Critics argue that such a prohibition could alienate black smokers who prefer these products, potentially impacting President Biden's re-election prospects. It's a tough balance. 
On one hand, the CDC reports that 81% of black smokers choose menthols, a figure much higher than that of white smokers. On the other hand, there's the argument that the tobacco industry has a history of aggressively marketing to black communities. And it's not just about the politics. Public health officials warn that menthol enhances the effect of nicotine on the brain and can make tobacco products more addictive. The cooling sensation of menthol makes smoke feel less harsh and easier to inhale. So there are serious health concerns at play here. Right. And then there's the concern about fostering an underground market. The ACLU and figures like the Rever Al Sharpton argue that a ban could lead police to disproportionately target black smokers. That's a valid concern, given our nation's history. But it's important to note that officials have insisted that the bans would focus on manufacturers, distributors, and retailers, not individual consumers. That's a crucial point, Abby. However, the delay in the ban has caused dismay among health advocates. David Margolius, director of public health for Cleveland, where smoking is the leading cause of death, called the delay devastating. And he's not alone. Karen E. Knudsen, CEO of the American Cancer Society, stressed that the cost of inaction is high, citing projections that a ban on menthol cigarettes could save as many as 650,000 lives in the next 40 years. Yet tobacco companies oppose the ban, insisting that menthols pose no greater risk than other cigarettes. They argue that a ban would hurt small businesses, dent tax revenue, and contribute to a dangerous, illegal market. It's a complex issue, isn't it, Abby? Complex indeed, Michael. There's also the political aspect to consider. The proposed ban has split prominent black lawmakers and key figures. While some support the rule and urge Biden to enact it, others warn against cracking down on menthol products. And then there's the potential impact on Biden's re-election campaign. The delay in the ban could expose the rules to a regulatory process that allows a new White House to swiftly reverse rules issued in the final months of a prior administration. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has pledged to reverse the rules if elected, and President Trump declined to ban menthol cigarettes during his time in office. It's a contentious issue with myriad factors to consider, from health implications to political ramifications and racial equity concerns, the debate over menthol cigarettes is far from over. Absolutely, Abby. It's clear that this is a topic that requires thoughtful discussion and careful consideration from all parties involved. From one complex issue to another, let's now turn our attention to the international stage. The United States and Russia are currently engaged in a diplomatic standoff with the lives of two American citizens hanging in the balance. This is a story of alleged espionage accusations, and the struggle for freedom. Switching gears now, Abby, let's discuss the ongoing diplomatic tension between the U.S. and Russia over the detention of two Americans, Evan Gershkovich and Paul Whelan. Yes, Michael. The U.S. State Department has said that Russia rejected a substantial proposal to secure their release. Both Gershkovich and Whelan are accused of spying, allegations both they and the U.S. vehemently deny. That's right. The State Department spokesman, Matthew Miller, emphasized that there is no higher priority for the Secretary of State and the President than securing their release. He also labeled their detention as wrongful, implying the charges are politically motivated. Now let's not forget, this isn't the first time the U.S. has navigated this terrain. Last year, amidst deteriorating ties with Russia, 
the U.S. managed to arrange a prisoner swap that brought home basketball star Brittany Griner in exchange for a jailed Russian arms dealer. So there's a precedent here. True, but Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov has stated that discussions around prisoner swaps need to be held in complete silence. It's a delicate situation. Now let's talk about Gershkovich and Whelan individually. Gershkovich, a Wall Street Journal correspondent, was arrested during a reporting trip and is facing up to 20 years in prison if found guilty. And his sister has been urging the Biden administration to remain focused on bringing him home. She's worried that other crises, like the situation in the Middle East, might distract Washington from this issue. On the other hand, Paul Whelan, a former Marine, was arrested in Moscow in 2018, convicted of espionage in 2020, and sentenced to 16 years in prison. Whelan insists that the evidence against him was falsified, and both he and the U.S. government have denied he is a spy. And Michael, it's worth noting that Whelan's family recently reported he was assaulted in prison. It's a dire situation for both men, and one that the U.S. government is clearly trying to resolve. Indeed, Abby. It's a complex and sensitive issue, and we will certainly be keeping a close eye on developments as they unfold.